Hi, my name's Madalena Kay, and I'm the host of the podcast AI and You, produced by Europod in partnership with Podium Podcast, Agence France Press, and Cora Media. In AI and You, we deal with the history of AI and how it is having an impact on our lives. From social relationships to employment, from climate change to wars and security. Is AI changing our world for the better or the worse? Come and check it out for yourself. Subscribe to AI and You wherever you listen to podcasts. Europod. When I'm going to the street, when I s- sometimes I'm afraid because there's a lot of people watching this program and say, oh, this is the one that they were mentioning in the TV. He came to Poland to do something bad. So he can do something bad to you. It has been his home for 27 years. But recently, Elmi has felt a growing sense of unease living in Poland. The ruling Law and Justice Party has long been hardline on immigration. But in the summer of 2021, a crisis at the country's border marked the beginning of a massive anti-migrant campaign that would change Elmi's life forever. It was a crisis manufactured by Belarus, Poland's eastern neighbor, under the authoritarian rule of President Alexander Lukashenko since 1994. In 2020, the EU imposed sanctions on the regime for rigging a presidential election and violently suppressing protests. In retaliation, the Belarusian government enabled asylum seekers from the Middle East and Africa to fly to capital Minsk, from where authorities would direct them to cross the Polish border. Violent confrontations ensued, and a humanitarian crisis swiftly developed on the EU's eastern front. Poland built a perimeter fence and started pushing back migrants into Belarus in the thousands. But that still didn't stop people making the deadly days-long journey through one of Europe's largest forests that spans the Polish-Belarusian border. Local activists say that at least 50 bodies have been found along the border since the crisis began. Elmi felt compelled to help. He sympathized with the people trying to cross the border. After all, 27 years ago, he was one of them. This is Europe Talks Back, a podcast that uncovers impactful stories from across the continent. My name is Gail Rago, in for Julie Simond. In today's episode, we'll travel to Poland and shed light on the experience of migrants crossing the border with Belarus. In this bush, I've been between Poland and Belarusian border, let's say more than 20 days. It was very cold, raining, and we hoped that one day <laughs> we will cross the border and we went, we will go to Poland, um, somewhere in Europe. Elmi is 60 years old. He wears glasses and is slim and energetic. We meet in an office space in the center of Warsaw. Elmi smiles a lot, but sometimes you can spot the sadness and fatigue in his smile. 
1991, Almi was living in the Somali capital, Mogadishu, as a young, recently graduated veterinary doctor, full of dreams for the future. Then the civil war broke out, and in seconds, everything changed. So one day, this fight, you were very close into our place where we are living. I said, okay, my house was not safe. So I just got out from outside, I went to the port. Staying there, I saw that there is a boat. And I saw that a lot of people running to that boat and jumping to that boat. I was not even thinking about that because the fighting was very, very coming close to our place. So I just ran to that, just jumped to that boat. Suddenly, Elmi found himself on a crowded boat, sailing away from the only home he had known, which had now become a war zone. I didn't have nothing, documents, money, nothing. Just I came out from home and that's how I began my travel. The worst thing is was that in that boat, more than 40 people jumped, plus 20 percent of these workers there. So it was 60 people. And the captain said, I don't have enough food for you, enough water for you, but I'm not going back to this place. I'm going back uh, where the owner of this boat is, that means Dubai. Elmi arrived in Dubai and was put in a detention center. Unable to deport him back to Somalia, the authorities sent him to Syria. But after eight months, he moved to Russia, where he worked for three and a half years. By then, Elmi had saved up enough money for one more journey, to the Polish border via Belarus. The smuggler said that it would be easy, so he paid them $2,000. He ended up stranded in a cold, dark forest for weeks. The smuggler, they bring us near the border, and I say, okay, let's try tomorrow. We will try. And they say, no, 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 it's not safe today. So they left us in that place. They came back after 20 days, something like that. And not even leaving us some water, food, nothing. But the last time they came, among us even there was uh, young people, they were very sick. We tried to help them, carrying them, because they couldn't even walk. Yeah, the trauma, I'm still, I'm still having this kind of trauma. I'm, when I remember some things, I say, okay, there is some, there is things that you cannot forget just like that. The 1990s era Poland that Elmi found was a very different place from today. Still emerging from communism, it was a homogeneous society where other languages were seldom heard and foreigners were a rare sight. Not the easiest place for a young African to begin a new life. Elmi applied for asylum and received refugee status. But the few hundred zlotes he received from the government was barely enough to rent a place. So his friends decided to spend their money on a one-way bus ticket to Germany. But after years on the road, Elmi was tired of moving. So he stayed, learned Polish, and worked his way up from the bottom. In Somalia, I was a doctor. The yeah. people used to call me doctor. But when I came here, my first job was, I was uh, working in the restaurant, cleaning dishes, something like this. So for me, it was a job. It's a way to survive. It comes easier because when you get through the society, I mean, when you find that there is a lot of 
Polish people, I mean the society, they try to help you no matter where you are from. They are not looking at your color of skin, I mean your religion. They want to help. But if you don't find helping hand, it's difficult. Elmi decided to use his newfound skills to help those who were following in his footsteps. That's why with our friend, we thought when we already, I standed my feet and I say, okay, it's time to help others. So, because I go through all these difficulties. So now I'm an expert, so let's try to help others. That's why we established this foundation. So and the aim of that was to help the Somali people coming to, to Poland. In 2023, the Foundation for Migrants, Good Start, celebrated its 16th year, helping newly arrived migrants in Poland with navigating the complex asylum process, translating official documents, arranging hospital visits and organizing Polish language courses. 85% of the staff are migrants themselves, not only Somalian, but also Nigerian and Eritrean, and others from closer to home like Belarusian and Ukrainian. In June 2021, Elmi saw that migrants were starting to enter Poland the same way that he did 27 years ago. And his phone hasn't stopped ringing since. Every day, activists working on the border connect him with people traversing the perilous route from Belarus. He gets contacted directly by migrants stranded in the forest stuck in detention centers or lying in hospitals. He receives desperate calls from their families who have lost contact with their loved ones. He is proud to be a voice for the voiceless, but the work does take an emotional toll. Everybody's calling me to translate. Every time I have contact with them, they're calling me and just asking how was your journey, something like that, and they say it was... <laughs> The worst thing that can happen a human being. So, some there was a three or four girls who pulled from the from the wall, and they have a broken legs, arms. And the doctor were dealing with them. They was crying and say, if we if they knew that their journalist looks like that, they will never try to do this. I have to be like a psychologist and talk to them every day and I say, okay, everything will be fine. You know, you will not be here forever. Sometimes getting curious really because they are asking a lot of questions that I don't have answer. In response to the events of 2021, the EU forced several airlines to stop flying people of certain nationalities to Belarus and facilitated deportations of others. Poland also further boosted its border security and continued violently pushing migrants back into Belarus. But still, people came. Elmi knows that even if people hear about the deadly risks, they hope that they will be the lucky ones, and smugglers will always take advantage of people's hopes. I'm trying even to stop these people to come to you, Belarus, something like that. But the, well, even yesterday, somebody was calling me and I say, my, uh, my children is in Belarus, and I say, if he's in Belarus, please take him back. Elmi sees some double standards at play when it comes to how migrants are treated today. Over the last century, millions of Poles have emigrated all around the world due to war, repression and for better economic opportunities. When you know the reason that these people are trying to come to Poland, I mean to Europe, I know the reason. 
No, it's not like that, that everybody is coming here because looking for a better life. This is not a crime. Because a lot of people, they are traveling from Poland to other countries, looking for a better life. Poland is a very, very safe country. Why the people, they are just going to Germany, to wherever, looking for a job? It means like that. We, as a Polish, we can go looking for a better life, but others, they cannot. It's some kind of egoism. Most of them, they are like me, running from uh, wars. But first of all, you have to listen to them. Yes, and then you can decide what to do with them. Give them a chance. September 2023 saw the release of Green Border, a film by acclaimed Polish director Agnieszka Holland. Inspired by the refugee crisis, it tells the story of migrants trying to cross over from Belarus and the activists who helped them. Holland gave Emery a role as an extra, and going onto the set gave him a strong sense of deja vu. The shocking thing was that um, when I was in that place, and they are shooting. This place reminded me of the place where I was 27 years ago. It was the same, it was looking like the same place, and the same weather, it was raining, it was a little bit cold. And I thought for a while, oh, I'm really back in this place? It's not happening. This was like a dream. Wait here. Yes, yes. Green Border won the special jury prize at the Venice Film Festival, and the film achieved the best opening weekend for a Polish film in Polish cinemas in 2023. But that didn't stop the government from launching a smear campaign, accusing it of being anti-Polish. Holland is currently suing the justice minister for comparing the film to Nazi propaganda. A number of other ministers who criticized the film later admitted that they had not watched it. Unfortunately, I don't know why the people now, even they, are, they don't watch this kind of film and they are telling that this is a, a something against Poland, but this is a reality. This is not a fake thing. This is a history that deserves a lot of research, a lot of interviews the people, but some people, they don't want to understand that, that these things are happening. They don't want to even know that <laughs> these kind of things are happening. In my experience living here after 20 years, I realized that there is a lot of Polish people, very good Polish people, but we don't hear their voice. The only voice that we're hearing is the least among of people who are very loud and they don't want immigrants here at all and they have a problem with them. This is what we're hearing every day. Poland is heading to the polls on Sunday for what some observers have touted as its most important election in decades. Voters will determine whether the ruling conservative, Eurosceptic, Law and Justice Party will win an unprecedented third term, or if the liberal pro-European civic coalition and its partners will take over, and emotions are high. In the run-up to the parliamentary elections in October 2023, anti-migrant messaging went into overdrive as border protection became a key issue. Ministers linked migrants with criminality and violence. My obronimy Polaków przed gwałtami, przed podpalonymi autami, jak w Paryżu, jak w Sztokholmie. PiS jest gwarancją bezpieczeństwa. During a debate referring to migrants, Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki 
vowed to protect Poland from rape and arson attacks. But Elmi says that people like him and the migrants he supports in Poland are usually escaping criminality and violence, not causing it. Nowadays, there's a lot of problem going on, for example, in Africa, in Asia, everywhere. I can talk now what how it looks like the situation of Somalia. After 30 years, it's the same thing. There is a government, yes, paid from European Union, but they are doing nothing in terms of security. And the young people didn't have a job. There is no school, hospitals, nothing. The climate's changing. There's nothing. So how this young person can survive? And there is another thing, I mean, in terms of security, there is extremist Islamism. Two days before, there was a, an explosion in one town, killed more than 20 persons. Just like that, because this extremist is the same. I mean, they don't care about nothing. So how can they say there is no reason um, to run from that place? And the people, they will immigrate every time. They will immigrate if you want or not. In a twist of irony, one immigration issue did dominate the election. But it wasn't the one that the government wanted. Well, there are places in the world, in Africa and Asia, where just to get Polish visa, to get an appointment with the consul, you need to pay $5,000 bribe. Uh, to pay some middlemen who could arrange something. Polish media reported explosive claims that in the last two years, thousands of European work visas were issued to migrants through Polish consulates and intermediary companies in exchange for bribes. The scandal led to several arrests and the dismissal of the deputy foreign minister. A fraud investigation is still ongoing. Meanwhile, the election saw the highest turnout since the fall of communism. At the time of the release of this podcast, a coalition of opposition parties looked to have secured enough votes in October's election to form a government and oust the Law and Justice Party. Wyobraźcie sobie przez moment, jak naprawdę może wyglądać i będzie wyglądać za chwilę Polska bez tego, bez tego zła panoszącego się przez 8 lat. In a speech following the results declaration, opposition leader Donald Tusk declared it a victory for democracy and an end to the bad times. Tusk may not be a liberal on migration, but he is at least expected to change the policy of pushbacks to Belarus. Elmi hopes that the political temperature can be lowered for everyone's sake. Everybody is a human being, no matter where he's from, what kind of color, I mean, his beliefs, something like that. First of all, we are human, after all. So we have to keep in mind this. We have this kind of even saying in our foundation, and everybody he must have some kind of um, respect, yes. I mean, he must be respected as he is. Elmi's story shows us how, for some people, crossing a border is a life-changing act that touches them, even decades later. Similarly, the exhausting work of helping those who cross, especially in a hostile political atmosphere, is life-changing too. But perhaps this is also a story of hope. As the political winds are changing in Warsaw, an opportunity presents itself for fresh thinking on matters like immigration. As Elmi's experience demonstrates, 
people will never stop migrating, but can become model citizens given the right opportunity. We've reached the end of this week's episode of Europe Talks Back, a podcast that uncovers impactful stories from across the continent. This show is part of the Sfera Network Project and is available on Europod, a network of podcasts exploring European cultures, politics and societies. Maria Debisio is the reporter and scriptwriter of this episode. This episode was edited by Andrew Connolly. Sound design, editing and mixing is by Jeremy Bouquet. The narration is by me, Gail Rago. Our producer and executive producer is Alexander Damiano Ricci.